0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the I'm not a runner podcast. So today um, I'm here with my mum so and we're doing a special episode for Mother's Day because I think a lot of a lot of mums are running and I think that's becoming more and more common um especially as everyone kind of gets fitter overall and ma- you mum, you've been through a bit of a <laughs> a journey with your running, um, picking it up, later in life and then seeing where it takes you, I guess. So do you want to talk a little bit about yourself? Because obviously I know you, <laughs> um, but everyone else doesn't. So a little bit about yourself, what you do, and then about your running.
1: Okay. All right. My name's Merrily, um, commonly known in this household as mum. <laughs> um, I saw a few people at a gym that had been at a gym that had transformed themselves, really, and I thought, I want to be part of that. So I joined this particular gym and-
0: When was this? How old were you? Just- uh,
1: okay, I was 48. Yeah. I'm now 57, Um, so it was a few years ago. I think it might have been a bit of a mid-knife crisis. You know, you're getting <laughs> to 50, you don't want to be fat, you want to be- I wanted to lose my muffin top. I wasn't particularly overweight. I was just, you know, a bit, a bit podgy- <laughs> So I joined this gym, and I got fitter, much fitter. Um, my boys, I've got three boys, twins who are almost twenty, and Harrison, who is twenty one. um so they were around what would you have been ten? Yeah, something um, around about 12-ish. ten. And I also wanted to be a good role model for them. They were all you know, quite athletic anyway, so but, them seeing me run my first half marathon and, you know, it was kind of special. Anyway, so I joined the gym. Um, they had Saturday class at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning and one day as I'd been getting fitter and fitter and I was doing a little bit of running because I'm not a runner, um, <laughs> but uh, I was doing a little bit of running so I'd wear headphones and I'd run a, um, a song and then walk a song, run a song, walk a song. And eventually I got to the point where I thought, I can actually keep running. So from that day on, I didn't walk and run. I just ran. Um, So this one particular day, it was a Saturday and it was Saturday class and we'd always go go into the car park and half the people would go off to cross training and half would go running. And I looked at all the runners and I thought, they're all really lean and really fit looking. I'm going to join them. And I never really looked back. Um, A lot of the classes that we did at that gym, there was a lot of incidental running because it was all at the park. So we'd be boxing and they'd say, right, round the toilet block or right, round the tree. Me being a little bit competitive, um, (laughs) you know, I always wanted to be the first one back. Um, And I was probably the older, in the older group, definitely. I mean, I ran with, in the end, with young girls who were, in fact, I did my marathon, my only marathon with um, one of the young trainers who was about 23, I guess, um, and, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Anyway, um, one thing led to another and, you know, it was a competitive gym and so I ended up doing a half marathon, the Blackmores Half Marathon in 2011, uh, I think it was. Okay. So nine, nine years ago. Yes. <laughs> All right. How time flies. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that half marathon and my goal was to finish it. I was actually running with two other younger girls and in the end one of them sort of broke down a little bit and I went, I can see the finish line. I had about 3K to go. We are running around in front of the Hyatt under the Harbour Bridge and round to the Opera House to finish and I just took off. <laughs> anyway.
0: That was nice of you. <laughs>
1: I know, good friend. Um, but I think you learn a lot when you're running. Um, that is one thing I learnt early on is you run your own race. You don't run with people when you're running a race. To go out for a jog, that's a different thing, but you have to run your own race when you're racing. Um, so that was my first half marathon. I did it in 2012, which was okay. I was just so elated to have finished. Um then I decided to do the one, uh, I think it's the Sydney Morning Herald one in May. So I, didn't, I never really trained for running because I was always active at the gym.
0: But you, you did run.
1: Well, I ran every Saturday um, with the gym and that was quite a, and I never realised till later. They, one week you'd do hills, the next week you'd do interval training, the next week you'd do a long run and then the next week. I can't remember. I think it was a four-week cycle though. Um, And that obviously got me fitter for running long distance. Mm. So the next one I thought, oh, you know, I still didn't really train specifically to run that, but I was running every week, whether it be incidental running in the classes, which was Mm. sort of like sprint training, or whether it was just just that that Saturday class that was an hour run. Um, So I decided to do that. And I did it in 108 minutes, uh, so an hour 48. Yeah. So that was pretty good. But then I thought, oh, I should be able to do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, the marathon on the Gold Coast, so that was in May, the marathon in the Gold Coast was in the July and I thought, right, I'm going to have a crack at it. So I did actually do some longer runs. I got up to 36K, I think, um, a couple of weeks before I did that. But I'd done a little bit more training to do that.
0: Do you remember how many times a week you'd run?
1: It was really only once. Was it? Okay. Oh, no, I'm Jeez. not normal. <laughs> but there was, as I said, there was always that incidental running in classes mm. that okay. was short, sharp running that made me run faster long distance. Okay. And running was easy. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. I'd always in those running sessions that I'd do on the Saturday, I'd often run up to the front and then run back to the back and talk to someone and have a bit of a chat. And running, <laughs> no, running was easy. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't hard. Um. So by this date, I think it was 2012 when I did the marathon, um, up on the Gold Coast, and I'm kind of regretting doing. That because I I looked I had looked at the course and I everyone said oh that's the one to do because it's flat I didn't care whether it had hills really now I look back because hills weren't an issue to me um, but the course went down to Burley Heads from surface 15k back a similar route um so it was down and back to surface and then you crossed the finish line where there were a whole lot of people cheering you on and but you still had 12K to go and it was demoralising. I remember hugging this old bloke going, I need a hug. Like how random is that? <laughs> um, so I finished. I got injured. My knee went at about 25K so I was tracking really well until then but then I had to cross that finishing area that I had to keep going for another 12K Um and I remember limping over the the um, finishing line thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, I did it and in the back of my head I still think I want to do another one because I wanted to finish it in under four hours mm. and I did 4.28, so I wasn't very happy. Um But I really haven't run long distance since. Mm. Um, oh, I did do one other half marathon. I think it was after that and it was a half-assed effort. I – it was in the, the port when my race gun went off so I had to – I was at the back of the pack of my pack. Um, and, look, I just still did it in two hours and two minutes but <laughs> after doing it in 148 previously I was pretty unhappy. So you know one thing led to another, and I've run a few ten ks, I've run, I've done a um short triathlon very recently, very recently, which I didn't train for, which <laughs> I should have trained for. Um, so, yeah, uh, running's in your head, and I haven't quite got over that yet. I really want to get back into running. I've never considered myself a runner, although, you know, people say to me at the gym now, oh, "But you're such a good runner because I seem to run at one pace." Um, <laughs> no and, matter
0: how fit you are. Or-
1: yeah. So uh, it, it's it's hard to go back when you're competitive. Yeah. To to starting
0: <laughs> again to where you were because you really when you stopped running that was probably at least five or six years ago. Yeah. At least. Yes. Um, and then. You kind of done. You've done other things since then. So you been been at the gym doing a lot more weights related stuff, um, and you know, the interval interval type high intensity sessions at the gym. But yeah, since your marathon, you haven't really been running um, no. because obviously you had your knee issue, um, which never really went aw- It went away when you stopped running. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh. I think that's. That's probably a big part of it for you, and then losing all that running fitness um, because you're still probably as fit and healthy, um, but just haven't quite got the running fitness back. Um,
1: no. And I remember someone saying to me, one of the trainers at the gym, if you want to, if you want to do something, whether it be swim or cycle or run. You have to do that discipline. You just yeah. can't be fit and go running. Yeah. You have to be fit for running.
0: Yes. Mm. Yes, which is something that we try and um, get get across a lot in the shop is that, you know, yes, you're very fit and healthy. Um, you might be a cyclist. You might play footy. You might do all these other things, be in the gym. And then people just try and pick running up out of nowhere and s- expect to do the same sort of level of running as they do in their other discipline. And I think that's a really good point that most people don't quite understand. Mm. I think that's been your biggest struggle at the moment.
1: It is my biggest struggle because I just think I should be able to go and run at least 10K easy, but I can't. I'm also, you know, 57, so I'm a little bit older than when I ran, you know, the marathon, but I I have really struggled, um, taking a back step and saying, okay, I need to go back to walking one song and running one song until I get it up. I do a lot of walking. um, A lot lot of walking. A lot of walking. And after listening to the first podcast, I think it was, that was with Phil on Load,
0: load um, the podiatrist,
1: on loading yourself up um, with your running, it made me think, you know, yes, I do need to take a big step back and start at the very beginning again so I don't get injured and I don't get stiff hips and all the things that go along with running at my age. Um, And the other thing that I've got to be really careful of is that I've got to stretch or do a dynamic um, sort of I do one particular stretch that I love that just opens up my hips really well and I've got to maintain that all the time Mm. otherwise it will just stop me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a big common issue is take like when you have run in the past and then for whatever reason you stop for a number of years and then the psychological burden of coming back and, you know, not being able to just pick it back up and run a 10k no problem. Um, even though that's where you feel like you, you could do it because you're, you're just as fit, you just haven't been running. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, yeah, I, I think that's probably the most important thing you, you need to kind of overcome it in your head um, is the fact that, you know, right now you can't do what you, you, you could do before, but I think there's no reason you can't get back there. I think this is one thing I really want to get over to you is just <laughs> that I, it's, it's not, it, it'll take, you know, a couple of months of really just taking a step back and starting from the start again. Because as we talked about with Phil, six weeks of no um, no activity and you've lost pretty much all your capacity. So if you stay, take a step back and build back up from a song on, a song off, song on, song off, um, you know, I, I, I reckon in a couple of months you'd be able to run a 10K no problem, um, a couple of times a week at mm. least.
1: But yeah, I do find that it's very psychological. It's all in your head. Yeah. You know, every pain, every whatever it is that's related to running, you just think, oh, I can't do that, and it's all in your head.
0: Yeah, so it's that, that will to keep going since it's harder and you know you're not as fast as you were before, it it's stopping you and it, it, it gets amplified. Is mm-hmm. that what you mean?
1: Yeah, and I remember something you said to me is I've had a friend that was doing – something. Oh, she was going to do a marathon and she'd done a training, She like she was training and she put it on Strava and she was really proud of it at the gym. And she was running at 707 pace. And I'm like, that's not even running. How can you, you know? And he said, well, at least she's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm not because I'm stopped by my head saying I can't do it well enough. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So
0: which is a very unhelpful mindset because <laughs> it is. Then you end up doing nothing.
1: It, that's exactly um, right.
0: Or at least no running. That's um, right. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for you is, is getting over that, that hurdle of your pace not being what it was. And so I think, I think, I think, I think this is really common as well uh, with you know anyone who has done a marathon or done any running before and then stopped is they expect to pick it back up again. Um, right where they left off. But I think, I think a good way to get around that is is change the goal. So, yes, the pace is not going to be the same, but there's no reason you can't do the same distance. It'll just take you longer. Um, so if you change your goal from being, you know, I want to run a 100-minute half marathon to I just want to run a half marathon um, and, and go back to where you were at the start because when you enjoyed running in your first half, which you just mentioned, you just wanted to finish. There's no reason that couldn't be the same goal. And mm. then if you had that to work towards, you'd train for it and y- you would develop that love again for it, I think, because I know at the moment you don't enjoy running at all, even though you, you want to.
1: I know. I know. And that's why I did the triathlon because I thought, <laughs> you know, it's something different. I can swim. I can ride a bike. Um, but, know, yeah, I didn't train for that either. Because I have a level of fitness that allows me to do it, yeah. Um, but I'm sure it would have been far more enjoyable mm. um, had I actually trained.
0: Yeah, and you yeah. wouldn't have come away with it with a really sore knee, which
1: <laughs> probably.
0: <laughs> um, which comes back to the whole load thing is is when you um, when you you do an event and uh, you know especially a longer event like a triathlon um, and don't train for it, your muscles don't have the capacity. Or muscles, tendons, everything. It doesn't have the capacity to to withstand that. And yes, you're fit enough in your heart and lungs, but everything else is going to fall apart as as you experienced. And I almost think that's a big part of the reason that your knee in the marathon fell apart is that you're running just once a week. And we know that after around three to four days um, – when, when you, if you've stopped running, so say you run once a week, your capacity goes down from that. So the, how am I going to describe this without... <laughs> I'm using hands a lot. So the training kind of adaptation curve, so how your body adapts to a training stress session is it will go down immediately after. So if you train too often, you'll always be keep going down because your body doesn't get a chance to recover. But if you wait too long... It goes down, then it comes back up to where it was, um, even a little bit higher. So obviously if you train again, then you'll be fitter and can do more later. That's around two to three days. And then after that, that little gain you made tapers off and you become back to zero. So that 30 something K run you did on on one Saturday uh, and you're increasing it the next Saturday. If that's all you're doing, you're actually just overloading your body again without having any benefit from it if you know what I mean. Um, and I think that makes why well, it makes sense that you've knee fell apart at 25 Ks. Um, and I think that's a really common mistake is you think, okay, I'm running a 35 Ks. I can just jump up to a marathon. But if you're not doing all the other running in between, then you're not getting the benefits of that training. Um, do you know what I mean? Am mm. I making sense?
1: I always <laughs> felt like I had, um, I'd overtrained. But that probably makes more sense. I thought I just thought oh, I've overtrained now you know because I've done those extra runs Yeah. but it was probably because I hadn't done enough runs
0: yeah so you you'd, mm-hmm. you'd overtrained in each session so that 30k run is way too much if you're not doing anything else during the week so I think you would have even been better off doing three 10k runs and then you would have had at least some benefit if you know if you know what mm-hmm. I mean yeah um, and I think another kind of area which we haven't talked about yet, but I know I always talk to you about is, is your diet when you were doing this, yes. um, this training. So Mum was your, your initial goal uh, going to the gym was to lose weight and be lean and, and healthy, right? Correct. So you went to a, you know, you tried, to, you were on a weight loss program and then running got thrown on, in top, on top of that as a way to lose weight. But you also wanted to perform. In the marathon and on your runs, so you obviously wanted to run a certain speed, all that kind of stuff. So you, the one th-
1: I've got to say, yeah. <laughs> I was never advised about my diet at this particular gym while I was running. Yeah. So the night before, um, I ran the marathon. I had a steak, quite a big steak with <laughs> veggies, um, and I had no breakfast to run a marathon. And didn't have anything on the run either, did you? No. Yeah. No, I had nothing on the run either. So, yeah, that was a learning curve. Um, Now I am far more knowledgeable. You know, Harrison at that stage was only 10, so he didn't know everything (laughs) he knows now. Yeah, I wasn't studying Um, exercise physiology. (laughs) So, yeah, but the the gym, I ran that on a weight loss diet, Mm. which was quite harmful and really? it,
0: the weight loss diet was low carb,
1: low carb. essentially
0: high protein, Yes, which, and protein doesn't give you energy.
1: No. And yeah, it certainly didn't help me on that run having that steak the night before. Yeah. Cause
0: then you've got a big lump of, of something that's not going to help you at all sitting in your stomach. So you weigh right. more. <laughs> so that's going to make you slower as well and put more load through your joints and everything, but also you've got no energy. So I think a really common thing I tell most people when they come in the shop looking for gels or something similar um, I say after the first, your body has enough fuel for about an hour um, of exercising. And after that, you're running on nothing essentially. You'll, you'll run out of carbs, which are your primary fuel source for your higher intensity stuff. So, you know, in a race, you'll probably be using carbs most of the time. And then after you've run through all your carbs, which, as I said, is about an hour, then you move into fat, which isn't able to provide you energy fast enough for how fast you want to be running. So for ultra marathons, they predominantly use fat because they're running typically a lot slower. Um, so they're running at a lower intensity, which is why they can do it for longer. But for a half marathon, 10K marathon, anything over an hour um, of you know that higher intensity running is, yeah, you're going to be out of carbs and onto fats. So that's often what happens is when you hit the wall, is you when you run out of your carbs and... Yeah, your fats can't... They're producing a bit of energy, but you just can't run at the same intensity. So that's why it's really important to fuel on a run, especially a longer run, um, and eat before a race as well because that'll extend your stores initially just a little bit more. Um, So, yeah, it's all... I think that was probably one of your biggest issues for that whole program, Um, and that's what also led to you, I think, not enjoying running now is because it didn't go as well as you wanted it
1: to. Correct. Mm. And
0: had you had all that advice and, and being told how to run rather than how to lose weight, um, then I think your life would be very different now because you'd probably be running a lot more.
1: Probably. I also learned that and in a lot of, well, pretty much every exercise that I do, I will not do laps. I don't mm. do laps. Yeah, I want. And if ever I do another marathon, it will be one big loop. And I believe Paris has that. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that can be a goal, but um, it won't. It certainly won't be a down and back and over the finish line and do another loop. It'll be one big loop. Mm. And even you know, often the run club at the gym will say, "Oh, we're going to do two loops of this." It's like count me out. I'm not doing
0: it. <laughs> yeah. So why do you think that is? Why don't you like loops?
1: No, I do like loops. I don't like oh, doing it twice. Yeah, do, yeah, like and look, doing that, a repeat course. Yeah, that that also um, turns me off doing triathlons too because they're all twice. You know, you do yeah. things twice, and I don't like doing that. I don't know. I've done it once. Yeah. Why do I need to do it again? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's that sort of attitude. So, yeah. um, that's why I did I did the sprint um, at Husky for the triathlon, and that was because it was one of each. It wasn't mm. twice. Twice the course,
0: yeah, two laps of the run course or the bike or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah, it's
1: a it's a mental thing as well. Yeah, but you know, I know what I like doing, and even when I plot a, a, one of my walks mm. um, around home, it's always a big loop. It's never, it's never out and back or, yeah. you know, yeah. going round and round the bay. I we live in Des Moines, and the bay is seven k flat. Uh, I think we've lived here for 25 years. I think I've probably done it 20 times. Mm. I just find it boring. I won't do it twice. Um, a girlfriend of mine did a a walk around there for charity. She had to do 65K. She had to go around multiple times. It's like, oh. yeah, it was like nine times. Yeah. <laughs> it's Groundhog Day. It's like, yeah. no. And it's so busy. <laughs> it is the moment. Um, well,
0: we're, yeah, we're recording this a little bit before Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, when everyone's still in lockdown. I don't know what it's going to be <laughs> like when this it comes Mother's out. Um, it may be, the bay may be completely called um, cancelled or I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's also another under underappreciated side of running is the fact it's not just do the Ks and do the event. Is You've got to have your head in the right space for it and if your head's not in the right spot, then you're not going to be able to run well.
1: No, it's everything about running is in your head. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned that. Yeah.
0: And mm. oh, even if your head's right, you can't quite push through an injury or incorrect training. So you can't just have a really strong mind and just run um, if you haven't done the training. No. And,
1: definitely goes hand in hand.
0: Yeah. And the same thing holds true for the, the training. You know, if you just because you've done the training doesn't mean you're good for a marathon. No. Um, it's yeah, and that's why it's really important to practice those longer runs and race pace kind of efforts if you're looking to hit a certain time, um, because you need to know what it's like to run for a long time fast.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I figured is why I did. I did two longer runs. One was 28k before the marathon, mm. which I did as a guest with I think the Striders, which mm. is a as a group that, yep. and I did 28k with strangers, which was which was quite fun actually, (laughs) Um, and then I did a a lone 36K um, just because I thought, I've got to see that I can at least make nearly the distance, you know, and then hopefully the crowd will get me (laughs) the rest of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I didn't think um, at the time, oh, I need to do this for my training. It was more for my own self-satisfaction that I wasn't going to make an idiot of myself and – you know, not be able to do it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I really had bad advice or, or no advice. No advice. <laughs> no advice yeah, yeah. on how to prepare yeah. for a marathon or even a half marathon.
0: Yeah. And I think- Or any it, running event. Yeah. Uh, really. You got told how to lose weight and nothing else. Correct. And I think that's really why it's really important to get in touch. If you are doing something like a half marathon or a marathon is it's a big deal. So- Get in touch with someone, with a coach of some sort, um, and get some guidance on it. Because not everything you read on the internet and get told by people who aren't in the running world is true, and it may not be beneficial. Um, so I think it's really important to get in touch with a coach um, and and figure out what's what's going to work. And I also, think running with a group is also another great way because then you all feed off each other as well. Yeah, um, definitely. Like- You said you enjoyed the Striders run and that's – I didn't even realise you did that. Um.
1: Yeah, and they have a picnic in the park. They do it all over Sydney and this particular one was um, from the Dremoyne pool. Mm. Um, Perfect. Yeah, and so (laughs) – and then you meet in the park and you can do varying um, lengths. You get, get given a map. And off you run. You see all these striders along with their little map. And um, but it was all around here. And they do them. They might do one in the northern beaches, or one yeah, in the east, yeah. or one in the south, or wherever. And but so it, if you're a member, you travel to those mm. things. But well, I wonder if they still do that. Yeah, they do. They do. I'm sure. So what's stopping you?
0: Because I feel like if you got into something with a group, you'd, you'd be a lot more inclined to keep going rather than oh, it's so, so sore because you'd be talking. You will not even be thinking about how you're running.
1: Yeah. I look. I. I possibly will do that, but I still have to get up to a level where I can run more than 5K. I just need to do this run, walk, run, walk until mm. I get to the point again that I can enjoy running and, and, and do that. Yeah. But, yes, I think certainly we had a, a, a quite a strong group of runners at the gym mm. um, and that was certainly got me out of bed every Saturday morning to yeah. go and do that.
0: Yeah. Mm. No, well, maybe when I'm – starting to run again in a month's time, um, around the same time this episode will be released. Um, why don't we do that together? Or we'll hopefully be running <laughs> before then. Um, but that'd be a good thing to do. Yes. Because I feel like you need someone to force you <laughs> just for the first bit. Um, and I think that's also a good thing to, to take away from this is find a buddy to do it with, you know, find, find a little group of friends who all want to have the same goal or, um, you know, put a post out on Facebook or, Something saying, I, I, you know, I want to do this. Does anyone else want to join me? Because then you're held, held accountable. Like when you, on a Saturday morning, you, you wanted to get out of bed because you were going to see your friends and you are going to go running. Mm. Um, whereas if you're just going to go running, I don't reckon you would have started. Maybe. Um, so yeah. that's just something. It's an the, idea to think about. The only thing
1: with running with a s- smaller group, I think you need a larger group because you need to find people at your pace. Mm. You know, you can't, I've got friends now that would probably come running with me, but they don't run
0: quite as fast no. or, and or so, maybe you just need to run slower, <laughs> which we've talked about
1: before lot of times. <laughs> I know. That's why I've got to take a, take a step back first, do the walk, run, yeah. to get myself to a level where I feel confident yeah. that I can join a group and be happy running. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So why, what? at what level
0: do you, do you think you'd feel confident? running with a group and why Why do you think that? Because I know a lot of groups, um, like our runner fit, we run around an oval. So obviously it's laps, which you aren't the biggest fan of, but it's more interval-based things. So you're not going to get left behind and, and you can always start somewhere. And I know there are a lot of groups that do similar type things. So what's your concern about that?
1: I'm not sure. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I I just feel like I have to have a a certain level before I can start running with others. I don't know. Yeah. I just maybe it's, it's just, just a confidence yeah, thing, or yeah, I just want to yeah. be to be able to make sure that I can, you know, because what'll happen if I go to a group like that? I will push myself and I'll hurt myself. Yeah. So I'm better off to work up to it slowly mm. because I'm competitive. I can't yeah. help it. You know. I, <laughs> Yeah, you know, if someone's in front of me on a hill, I will beat them. You yeah. know,
0: yeah, and it, you will, even uh, if they're twenty years younger. Yeah, twenty years younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So you know, so, it's possibly self-preservation. I mean, the reason <laughs> the reason that I started at the gym in the beginning, apart from wanting to lose a little bit of weight, was that my parents died at a good old age, and I want to be mobile, active, mm. fit, right. Until I die, um, yeah. You were
0: saying that just this morning.
1: <laughs> I was. So, um, you know, you, you've got to weigh up doing things that are going to harm you mm. to things that are going to make you live longer. Yeah. So, yeah, I've just got to. I know I've got to take things a bit slower and yeah. and make sure I get to where I want to be. Yeah. At a, you know, a, at my pace rather yeah. than going with a group and going. <laughs> Got to beat them.
0: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. So for you, since you're so competitive, you want to be, you don't want to, you want to have that capacity beforehand so you don't injure yourself like you did with the marathon because you didn't do enough training beforehand probably. Mm -hmm. So I actually think that's a really good thing you mentioned as well that I know Fletch and I often talk about in the shop about how most runners, their, their goals are just races, which is not a problem, but it can lead to that kind of competitiveness. Like, oh no, I've got to, I want to run a PB. So I've got to do XXX. I've got to, you know, I want to do this much running. Even if they're not quite able to do that, they'll, they'll push themselves to get a good result in the next race, ignoring what the ramifications for that will be 20, 30 years down the track. Um, and I think that's one thing we really want to get across with this podcast is, is running's not about the next race it's about being healthy and happy for your whole life and you should you know there's no reason you can't run up into your 80s um, I know I think there are world records yeah. in like the over 90 categories in things because <laughs> um, they're
1: the only one in it <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> they're doing it absolutely you know
0: most people are in a wheelchair by then
1: yeah so and yeah. also just when you were saying that um, Harrison have, has a brother who has become a very good runner yeah um, and he really enjoys it, but his goal always is to put on Strava, you know, the next distance, yeah. And he wants to do it fast, and but he has had an injury, and he, oh, oh this, this well, the startings
0: niggle, of an injury, a niggle, yeah.
1: And he doesn't want to back off that. Yeah. He wants to keep going, and we're saying no, you have to, yeah, nurse this in or this niggle that you've got, mm. so that. You can keep going. Yeah, because running's a long game. But I've got to do so many kilometres this week. It's like, no, you don't.
0: No, because then if you do the same amount of kilometres this week and then a bit more next week and then you get a niggle and then you keep doing more, that niggle will become an injury and then it'll lead to four, six weeks at a greatly reduced running, not rest. I think we should make it known you don't always want to rest unless it's something quite severe. But an injury is going to be one thing that stops you getting better. A niggle and taking a a week at a reduced kind of mileage isn't going to affect you long-term. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially with elite runners and and everyone else is the more years you can string and and years, we're not talking weeks, we're not talking months, we're talking years. The more years you can string together injury-free, that's how you get to the top and you become a really good runner is by running consistently for years. So one week in three years doesn't matter. But if you get an injury and have six weeks rest or recovery, then have to start again, building back up your 12 weeks behind where you would have been had you just taken just one week off. So I think that's another really important thing to stress is don't get too caught up in the right now and the next quick goal. And the number. And the number, yeah. Run to your own kind of capacity. And if you're, you've are you had a hard day at work and you're running in the evening and you're just feeling exhausted, just run slower. You know, there's no reason you have to hit five-minute Ks or four-minute Ks or six-minute Ks, whatever it is. Um, just just run to how you're feeling. And I've been telling Scotty, my brother, just I've been trying to get him to use his heart rate more rather than pace. So if he's having an off day, his heart rate will be higher just with the same pace. So if he runs through his heart rate, he'll be running a little bit slower, but he'll have out of his head that, oh, no, I've got – He's he'll, yeah, just push out the pace out of his head because he has to run to a heart rate and that's always going to be relative to how you're feeling. Um, and then you can think about it in terms of pain as well. If you came back from an injury, you know, run to a little bit of pain but don't keep pushing through it. And that's what I've done in the past and it hasn't been good because I just developed worse injuries and I've had another eight months off training um, off running completely because of the fact I didn't go, I didn't slow down and, and start back where I should have. I wanted to get back to where I was too quickly.
1: So we all have the same problem.
0: Everyone has the same problem, <laughs> even if you know about it. Um, and and it's, it's really hard and why it's, I think, good to, as I said, see a coach, see someone who can program um mm. or even for you.
1: or even um I think it would have helped me if I even had a sp- talked to people who had run a marathon or mm. you know and they would give you tips yeah. that you know on how you got to eat or or whatever yeah um and I think that would have helped as well but yeah, yeah it it it's just a pity that they didn't give me more advice on yeah but that's all done it is, and look,
0: did it. And now I you know it. everything. You did it, yeah, did exactly. It. <laughs> you know, the, the main goal was to finish, correct. You know, yes, it would have been nice to do it in a certain time, but how many people finish a marathon, their first marathon, after they're fifty? You know, I can't, I, I don't think there are that
1: many. I don't know. When
0: you look at society, mm. um, I think around, you know, you around me and me in running science, we see a lot of that kind of people because we're seeing the outliers. But overall. You know, most fifty-year-olds are overweight and have knee issues or have hip issues or you know have some sort of preventable health condition that if they had been running, you know, may not be there. Um, that's you know, that's my life essentially is getting people to run and um, and exercise so they don't kind of age quicker because gee, that's another interesting thing to talk about is aging and how being fit and healthy makes you look a lot younger. Um, I know when people are on TV and they're potentially a little bit overweight, you like, God, how old do they look? Um, whereas people, you know, I think most people would put you under 50
1: who that's, don't know you. That's nice.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, would you not agree? Oh, no. Without um, tooting your own horn too much?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, in attitude and what I can do. Definitely, but I think, you know, a few lines on the face sort of give it away a little bit. But, <laughs> but you know, but I think since it's you are attitude, fit and healthy, you know, but. Okay.
0: I reckon <laughs> it's the fact you're fit and healthy, um, but, you know.
1: Um, yeah, but I think also um that gives you a better attitude as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, but I mean.
0: Runners are generally pretty happy people. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about?
1: I feel like we've covered a lot, but uh, (laughs) I don't know. I mean.
0: Any tips you'd give to people who are potentially looking at starting running or who are in that same situation as you before you kind of got into the training for your running, when you just started joining the gym, wanted to lose weight, any tips you'd give to them?
1: Just consistency. I think I know that – when I did this triathlon just recently, Mm. I really didn't train for it, but I have consistently been training for 10 years. Yeah. So I'm strong, I'm fit, I'm healthy. Yeah. And I managed to do it. Um, In fact, I was in the middle of my pack, which I felt was pretty good. You almost beat your 23-year-old trainer. I almost did. (laughs) A minute. I was a minute behind her. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But in, in my 50 to... Sixty, I think it was age group. Yeah. Um, I was in the middle of the pack. So for not training, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I think you've just consistently got to do something. Whether mm. whether you're a catch potato and you wanna get off that couch, just go for a walk half an mm. hour every day. Increase it slightly every week, and then progress to running a song, walking a song. Yeah. Running a song, walking a song. And you'll be amazed at how quickly. If you consistently do that, that you'll get to where you want to be.
0: And you'll enjoy it like like you did.
1: Yeah. I mean, today just beckoned me. I wasn't going to do anything today. And um, it's a beautiful, sunny, crisp day. And I thought, oh, I've got to go for a walk. And in fact, I nearly wore my, because I have um, running shoes and walking shoes, um, because I've got arthritis in one of my toes. And I didn't wear my running shoes. Otherwise, I may have started today. Because it was just <laughs> such a magic day to get out there and do something.
0: Yeah. So the advice you just gave to everyone who
1: is hasn't been running I should be is the exact
0: advice you should be taking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's a pretty good place to leave it.
1: <laughs> and maybe I'll well, state something here that by the time I'm 60, so I'm 58 this year, um, I will be running at least 10K. Mm, well, easily. Easily.
0: We're filming this or recording this in, what day is it? You know, mid-April or early April. Why don't we, at the, on the end of this, we'll just re-record another bit close to Mother's Day okay. and we'll check back in with how you're going um, so we can keep you accountable. Deal. All right, perfect. So here we are on the 7th, the day before this uh, podcast episode is going up and we've had a few interesting, uh, I guess, struggles um, with... My mum's running. So rather than bore you all for another half an hour or <laughs> however long it'll be with that that conversation about how the running's been going, we'll we'll save that for another episode probably two, three weeks down the line, so we can really dive into, you know, what's worked and what hasn't from everything we've talked about in the, the tips. But just so you know the running she's still running and she has been running three times a week um and yeah as i said we'll talk about the the ins and outs of that later so happy mother's day everyone and i hope you all enjoy the podcast see ya (laughs) that's it for another episode of the I'm not a runner podcast I hope you enjoyed it if you did we'd love it if you could leave us a review on Apple podcasts and if you have any questions comments or want to come on the show drop us an email at podcast at thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time